This is Well Being, Well Bought, Well Said, the podcast with me, Sarah Maloof. Join me as I chat with fitness gurus, business owners, wellness experts, and other inspiring individuals as together we dive into what it means to live well. Happy December. I guess we can officially start celebrating, even though let's be real, my Christmas tree has been up for, I don't know, at least two weeks now. (laughs) I needed that extra joy and I needed it earlier than most years. But whether you're celebrating Christmas like me, or maybe you're celebrating Hanukkah like today's guest, Kara Greenstein, I hope you're celebrating. I hope you're finding joy in the everyday life. I hope you are sensing that holiday magic, even if this year and this December does look a little bit different than years past. Um, I still think it's just so important to channel our inner child this time of year and just focus on what we're grateful for and remember what this season is all about. It's about family and love and spirituality and just, it's just truly a magical time of year. So whether you are spending this holiday home alone or you're able to gather with loved ones, I think that you're going to get some really great takeaways from today's episode. Kara is the founder and owner of her blog and brand Caramelized. And her tagline is that she really looks for ways to elevate the everyday. And she does such a good job of that. Y'all, let me tell you, if you're, first of all, if you're not already following Caramelized, do yourself a favor, pick up your phone, go to Instagram, type in Caramelized in the search bar and hit follow. Her aesthetic is beautiful. Her content is premium. And us lucky listeners will get a few tangible takeaways and tips and tricks from Kara herself on today's episode. We're talking all things home decor, cooking. I mean, just all things domesticated, if you you will. I was so grateful to have her on today to tell a little bit about her story, her brand, how she got to where she is today. And like I said, give us some advice on how to kind of elevate our everyday, even if it is 2020, and even if we are at home alone more than we'd like to be. So anyway, I will give the floor over to Kara. I really know you're going to enjoy everything she has to say. And here is Kara Greenstein of Caramelized. Um, I want to get just right out of the gate. Let's talk about who is Kara? Who is this voice and this person behind the brand Caramelized? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's been so an afternoon chatting about what I love most. And I'm Kara Greenstein. I'm 28 years old, born and raised in Memphis, where I live now in downtown Memphis. And I am the founder of Caramelized, which is a food and lifestyle blog brand, um, whatever we want to call it these days. One big experiment is really what I call it. Um, But I seek to elevate and share everyday experiences through my social media platforms and my blog. And that's me. I don't know if that's in depth enough, but we can go deeper as you want. I love what something you just said about kind of, I don't know the word you was, wasn't glamorizing, but something with the everyday experiences and that you do that very well. Thank you. You're cooking on a whim and you know everything because for people who don't know you who are listening, this is your side hustle, caramelized, right? You still work a full-time job. You have a husband and puppies and a life outside of this brand, yes? That is correct. 
you keep a busy schedule, you've got things going on, but you're, like you said, you kind of make these little mundane tasks seem really fun. So how did this all start? What inspired Caramelized and what made you even start your blog and this whole brand that you've created? That's a great question. Well, growing up, I am daughter of a rabbi and of a wedding planner. So um, I would say that I got the best of both of them in terms of connecting with people and creating special experiences, occasions, um, and celebrating them. So growing up, I had those influences and also on the side was like the nerd who, rather than watching Disney and Nickelodeon, preferred watching Food Network and HGTV. (laughs) Just loved the cooking show concept um, so much that as a teen, Um, for my bat mitzvah, which is like when you become a Jewish adult and you get all these fun presents at age 13, I wanted Williams-Sonoma gift certificate so that I could like build out the kitchen of the Food Network. um, That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. My parents, I mean, my mom cooked. I mean, dinner was so important as a family every night, but I wouldn't say my mom was a passionate chef by any means. So come middle school, I would just offer to cook dinner for the family. And she just said, go for it, Kara. <laughs> I bet. My mom would have loved that. I'm sure. <laughs> Any mom would. <laughs> it's really funny to look back on. So cooking was always a passion of mine. And then fast forward, I attended the University of Texas at Austin and was a public relations major, which is what I practice now full time. And in one of our PR writing classes, we actually had to create a blog. It was private, but using Google Blogspot at the time, um, we had to turn in for a grade a blog concept that essentially just tested our ability to like weave a theme or a narrative through multiple posts. And so that is literally where Caramelize was born. I pointed to food because it was my passion and living in Austin, it's such a great food scene. So I knew I would have things to talk about easily, naturally. Um, But after that, I decided to make it public and here we are. Okay. I have a couple questions about getting started. Did the name Caramelize just come to you one day? Did you always know (laughs) you were going to name something that? Because it's perfect. It is perfect. That's funny. Um, Well, we have a family friend who is just so sweet and when I was little she would call me caramel and I think the easiest path as a college student was what is something with my name in it and there aren't very many words uh mascara by the way is one if I was a fashion (laughs) blogger maybe but no um or beauty blogger but caramel came to mind and then I got a little cheesy but went down the road of the definition of caramelizing something and it is to cook down an ingredient until its natural sweetness is revealed and so to be very metaphorical that kind of is my philosophy with the blog of how to look at the original ingredients of what you have in front of you and find the sweetness in it and make it more special than at first glance. That's adorable. 
I love it. So you're in your early twenties. You had this project in college. You decide to open up the website, make it public. So at this time, was it only food focused completely? And were you working full time at that point too? Yes. So I, I love alliteration. I've, I'm trying to get away from it, but at the time it was just caramelized creations and critiques. So I would go to restaurants all over Austin. Um, and then when I moved to Memphis, um, after school, I delved into that, but found obviously that those two, these two cities are very different from one another. So the content could evolve in a way that I realized I can own and control and no one is telling me what I can and can't do. So I evolved the idea of restaurant reviews into just more of exploring the city I live and the cities I'm traveling to. And then at the same time, compounding on that, social media became so much more of a, a vehicle for a brand like a blog. So Instagram, honestly, was just a photo editing app when I was in college. And not until after we graduated did we realize, oh, this can actually hold and grow our brands. Yeah. I want to get into that a little bit more because I was going to ask what year was this or years were you getting started? So I believe my eight year anniversary was this past weekend. So 2012 wow. was hey, yeah. my year of the, the class project. And then I would argue it wasn't necessarily beyond family and friends until end of 2013, 14. And then I moved back to Memphis that year. So it was just this interesting intersection of different variables influencing what Caramelize could be. I was, when I started my food blog, in an Austin food blogger collective with hundreds, I'm not kidding, hundreds of food bloggers. And to move to a market where it wasn't necessarily even understood was a challenge, but also something I looked at as an opportunity to find a niche and grow as sure. almost one of a kind. You, yeah, because I was going to say, I mean, 2012, 2013, you were on the forefront of this in general, because at that point, people were just starting to kind of get into this whole influencer space and realize that you could make money and a brand out of it, but especially in Memphis, like there weren't, there. I'm sure, I mean, I'm from Memphis too, and I don't know a ton of Memphis bloggers and the ones I know I've only started kind of following in the last few years. So I think that you really got in at a good time and you obviously been able to grow. And now I feel like you're just a very known name in Memphis. Well, you are kind. Um, no, but it, it wasn't that like I had to start over when I moved back, but I did have to pivot, but I did recognize back to, I guess the smart, impulsive idea to put my name in the title it's a personal brand and with vehicles like instagram and the way community building really has become digitally people want to know what i Kara, think feel want to do or recommend so in terms of my content it has evolved over the years into really a reflection of my day-to-day -day living and experiences and how they can translate to the people who read or consume it. 
How did you get to that point? Are you just so connected to who your follower or listener is? What are your kind of tips and tricks for branding and evolving and finding your niche? If someone's listening and they're trying to, you know, create this lifestyle brand or a blog or whatever, how do you kind of figure out who it is that you are and what it is that people want from you? That's a great question. I would say that at the end of the day, being true to a mission or philosophy of what you think you're bringing to people, whether that is super focused or broad, um, it's so critical to just stick to that um, no matter where you go or how big you take it. The idea for me, the original phrase was sweet touches to everyday experiences with the caramelized, but um, elevating every day has really become what it is. And I held myself way more, um, I took it way too seriously and was nervous that by stepping away from food, people would think I was trying to be something I'm not. But then I realized that by staying true to my brand mission, um, what it could actually be is just building off of food. So the recipe I'm creating, what am I serving it on? Enter tablescape. Um, what am I wearing to the event that I'm hosting? How do I cook the meal and then run upstairs and throw on something great in 10 minutes and then feel stress-free enough to have people over at my table? So by starting and still sticking to my idea of food as a starting point, it can expand from there. And I just think that Broadly, if you, I'm giving advice, are true to what you were in it for in the beginning, you can build on it. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, okay, going back a little bit, because you mentioned earlier about the community and the connection kind of um, culture that you picked up from your dad being a rabbi and that your mom is so social and dinner was so important to her and she would cook for you all. Tell us a little bit about more about how your faith, your culture, your upbringing kind of played into Caramelize once you actually took off as a brand. Obviously, I know you said you love cooking from a young age and things like that, but what kind of influence did your parents and community have on Caramelize? Sure. Well, I would say pretty directly, I credit my writing ability to my dad and my creative side to my mom. And my mom honestly, is my creative director. Every crazy idea I have, I have to text her and she'll tell me if it's stupid or not. She's very, <laughs> very straight. And I love that about her. Um, but then she'll also say, here, come up to the attic and grab what you need for that photo shoot. So it's really fun having her as that kind of behind the scenes eyes and ears. But just growing up as, I guess, the daughter of someone in the public eye and therefore I was more in the public eye than I probably realized as a kid learning how to connect with people you may not know value a first impression take a first impression seriously and your reputation um those skills were taught to me from a very young age and I would argue are why I have been able to grow in a field professionally and through the blog of connecting with people who may not 
feel exactly like me, but we can find common ground and that those values from my upbringing, I would say, have shaped me quite a bit. And then looking at the, the Jewish side of things, it's a little cliche, but in Judaism, like we're all about food and just gathering around the table for any excuse we have. Um, I don't necessarily make all the traditional Jewish recipes, but if you ask almost anyone who's Jewish, like what do they think of when it comes to their spirituality or religion? It's not necessarily like being in the synagogue or institution. It's like being around the table with family, celebrating or experiencing a ritual of a holiday. So I almost translate that to the everyday experience and how it can, those little rituals can make you enjoy um, just a Tuesday night dinner. Not as much, but more than normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so much what, so much of what life is about. Um, I mean, yeah. culture and family, you know, I'm Greek and my husband's Lebanese and it's the same thing. Like family is just so important. It's at, at the end of the day, family and friends and eating and drinking together and just being together. It's, you know, it's, I think it's what God blessed us with here on earth. And so I really love that. Um, okay. Let's get into some more of this fun stuff. So if you're listening and you don't follow Kara, first of all, go follow Caramelize, look at her blog, look at her Instagram, and you'll immediately just have like the most aesthetically pleasing, just, it's just so satisfying. <laughs> Everything is so gorgeous. You're so mature and put together because you make these beautiful tables and dinners. I know they're more every day, but still I'm like, oh my gosh, she is so like put together, but you do it in a way that seems not intimidating. You know what I mean? So let's kind of talk about 2020 version of what you're doing. So we're not hosting all these parties. We're not going to all these fun events. How have you still made that everyday experience seem important and fun, you know, through quarantine, through 2020, what are some tips and tricks for someone who's sitting at home and they're having dinner with their husband for the, you know, 100th night in a row. And they're like, I want to make this different or special. It's such a good question. And I mean, I won't pretend like it's not hard to feel motivated or inspired every day. It's impossible in our current environment too. Um, so I definitely have my moments where I'm like, okay, we're just gonna make it through this day and hopefully tomorrow we're in a better mood. But I would argue that going back to what we talked about, the idea of a meal is, I think, an opportunity, even when you're in the same place, to differentiate your environment and the kind of conversation you're having with your family. Like Alex and I might both be working from home all day, but we're not having the same dedicated time together as we are across the table from each other for dinner. So continuing to dedicate that time. And when I'm not feeling like cooking, which is the case these days, we order from a place we love for takeout and I actually serve it on pretty plates and it feels better than styrofoam and we make a drink and we talk and that to me, while I don't always capture it on my public platforms, has that's what's kept me sane, I would say. Um, but it's hard and holidays coming up, it's hard. I'm trying to inspire people to not give up entirely, um, especially when you're in the same place every day. Like, how do you make it feel 
different. I'm sitting at my kitchen table now working all day and this is going to be where I do a holiday. So, um, it's really, I think about perspective and how you look at what you have around you and mix it up a little bit to, to keep yourself mm-hmm. sane and inspired at the same time. Mm-hmm. What about the holidays? So what are you doing in your house? Are you still decorating? Are you still planning on doing the whole, you know, this typical kind of post that you normally would this time of year? So I'm in an interesting spot. I'm fortunate that I, Alex's parents are, Alex's mom is like the Thanksgiving extraordinaire. She is the master of baking and cooking everything. And we do Thanksgiving with them every year. So it's been kind of funny, but fun that because of my blog, I'm able to do photo shoots and develop recipes, even if I'm not necessarily making them on Thanksgiving day. Um, But this year, Alex and I are driving to Little Rock. We've been very safe all year so that we can be with each other's parents, really only um, indoors. So it's just going to be the four of us and his grandmother's going to come over outside across the porch and we're used to having like a 30 plus person Thanksgiving. So it's going to be very different, but, um, you know, I think about what I used to be able to host because I didn't host Thanksgiving day, like a cookie swap or a Friendsgiving and I really miss it and I can't have people inside. So I actually just this past weekend spent some time just like writing letters to my friends who I would have invited to Friendsgiving and just saying how grateful I am for our friendship. And it was so fulfilling um, and took only a couple minutes. And like, that's the kind of thing I'm trying to do to keep myself feeling good. I love that idea, writing thank you notes. I mean, that is the whole idea behind Thanksgiving, right? But that's just slowing down and taking the time to appreciate, like you said, what we do have and what we do have to be grateful for. I love it. What is your favorite Thanksgiving food? And are you cooking anything or is Alex's mom doing it all? (laughs) So I really just play sous chef when I go to Little Rock. Like she will put me to work. So whether it's a filling for something or kneading dough because yes she makes everything from scratch um i learn a lot from her but i think it's a weird one my favorite is corn souffle Hmm. i don't know why i think it is like one of the best things ever oh my gosh i don't even know if I, i couldn't tell you the last time i had corn souffle i don't know what it is about it because it's well it's a little sweet and it's lighter than the other casseroles and um I would say there's a lot of butter in it, but it tastes fresher. Um, I'm not as into the heavy stuff, but I am a carbaholic. So while we're talking about cooking and being in the kitchen, if someone is listening and they are not a chef, they don't necessarily like to cook, but they're trying, they're kind of trying to cook more at home or they're trying to expand their horizons in the kitchen. What's one kitchen tool or utensil you couldn't live without? And then what is your favorite ingredient that you always have in your fridge or pantry? So behind me, you guys can't see, but the air fryer has become my tool of 2020. It is essentially just a convection oven. Like I will not try to sugarcoat it, but there is something magical that happens 
when you're only cooking for you and a couple of other people. In this case, it's just two of us. And it makes everything perfectly crispy and evenly cooked um, and healthier at the same time. So I've really loved that. I haven't had to rely too much on temperature, time. It's really just about like opening it every few minutes, shaking it and putting it back in the air fryer. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, and I've made, I've made so many things in it. It's, it's, I asked for an air fryer for Christmas. So you're just really making me even more excited. I still don't have one. Everything from like crispy Brussels sprouts to like donuts to, I don't know, vegetables, proteins. If you love the one you have, you can send me the link and I'll put it in the show notes because I think that, that sounds like a very trendy, but meaningful or necessary tool for the kitchen in 2020, like you said. Yeah. I, I joke we were using it so much. I actually think I need to upgrade um, because it's, it's getting a little worn down. <laughs> and but then ingredient wise, what, what y'all will see on my Instagram stories, especially for dinner on a whim, which is where I just show in real time how I'm putting a meal together with what I have. Um, it's pretty amazing what olive oil and sea salt can do for you. And that sounds so oversimplified, but when you're working with beautiful produce and just roasting, sauteing, combining different flavors, like it's pretty awesome what the final product is and you don't have to feel like you have to go to culinary school to accomplish a beautiful plate. So true. Do you have a quick go-to? I know you do the dinner on a whims pretty often and they're all a little different and unique, but if it's like, for example, now a Tuesday and y'all are heading out of town soon and you're just trying to make dinner for you and your husband real quick, do you have a go-to, go-to recipe? I don't have a go-to recipe, but my approach for weeks that are crazy um, when it comes to grocery shopping is I literally get two or three proteins two or three vegetables and then I always have in my pantry like quinoa rice pasta that sort of thing and I almost pretend like back to the cooking show like I'm on a cooking show and I'm like what am I going to combine tonight like which three things and I just kind of I don't know like this weekend I went to Whole Foods and they had short rib off the bone like already pre-packaged I had an avocado an onion I have tortillas in the fridge. And just this morning, I was like, Alex, we're having short rib tacos tonight. And that was not a plan when I was at Whole Foods and picked it up. It's just like when you see what you've got, I don't know, it's a a fun daily challenge for me. Mm -hmm. I love that too. And people like you and I who like to cook are in the kitchen more. It's maybe a little bit easier. I mean, I've had, I'm only saying this because I've had people tell me, they're like, I don't know how you just think of this stuff and what goes together. But basically what you just said, if you can kind of take a food from each category, you can usually make something. Like if you have that carb in your pantry and you've got the veggie in your fridge and you've got, you know, a a healthy fat, like olive oil or something, or, you know, you can pretty much combine the main food groups and make something taste good. Is my take on that. (laughs) Sure. And not to overwhelm people, but I would also argue with the saturation of blogs and food websites. I mean, if you have short rib and quinoa and you don't know what to make, you can literally Google 
recipes with short rib and quinoa. Mm -hmm. And there will be like pages of Google ideas. And it may not be something you follow verbatim, but you're like, oh, that would be an interesting dish that I wouldn't have thought of. Mm -hmm. So use your resources. I love it. I love it. Okay. And you're a homeowner. You have a beautiful home and it's always, I feel like very well decorated. We talked about the kitchen specifically. Is there a room in the house that you think people should start with when decorating? Is there a piece in your house that you think that everybody needs? Is there something that gives that homey, cozy feel that we're all wanting and needing while we're at home more than normal and especially during the holidays? That's a great question. So I think you asked earlier and I didn't really answer directly, but like Decorating for the holidays, for me, I'm less about like an on-the-nose decoration and I'm more about like the season and bringing it inside. So I have a very neutral palette. Everyone makes fun of me. Everything is white or off-white or wood (laughs) or um, copper or metal or something like that. But what I love about that is that I can mix and match often. I have some floating shelves in our one room downstairs essentially so we have our kitchen dining room table and little living room area in our townhome but this one wall of floating shelves is kind of my palette that almost every month I'm looking at it and thinking how can I make it reflect the time of year and where we are and usually it's stuff that's in other places um, but hasn't been featured in on those shelves and so it's kind of a fun challenge to look at colors and textures and heights um i actually have a shelf styling video i can send you that's fun that just like gives you tips of how to style things together but that's like my way of doing it i I don't know if that's a good answer no that's great i didn't even think about shelves but pretty much all of us have either shelf space in our house our homes or at least like a counter you know maybe a buffet table or an entryway table or something and that's a good idea you can kind of pull the holiday or the season into just the little the little things and that's not a huge it's not like you have to remodel your house to make it look spruced up and different with shelves Right. And um, I even have an assortment of fun vases. I also use like cool old like whiskey bottles as vases sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I will put them on our centerpiece of our table. And like if I'm at Trader Joe's or even sometimes outside, I steal like branches from neighbors. I just like create a little pretty centerpiece that again reflects the time of year and the vibe of it. We're looking to buy a house now. And when we finally get one, I just need you to come to Jackson and help me with my shelves and my bases. But yeah, I mean, I keep saying we'll link this stuff. But if you have a shelf decorating link, I think that would be beneficial to most people listening. This is a good segue to in a couple of questions we got kind of specific to decorating the home from Instagram. So someone said, um, and you've you've kind of answered these, but just married and we're in our first home. So starting from scratch, any tips for holiday decor in this home? I'm guessing that means, you know, a typical starter home. Yeah. Well, for me, so I am jealous of everyone who celebrates Christmas and gets to do like, you know, spot on decor for Christmas because I don't do that. But I would say what I love about winter in general is like the layering and the coziness of the time of year. So investing in like a really great throw blanket 
or some extra pillows. Um, and then back to the shelf, like your mantle, um, some statement pieces like that, that are not so on the nose holiday that you can only have them out in December, but like feel like we're in this cozy, cold time of year and this warms it up. I think that's a fun way to look at it and um, shouldn't break the bank either because it's all functional. Is there um, a place you go to to start if you're looking for things like pillows and blankets and just shelf decor? Do you have a typical boutique or store or online presence that you start with? So locally, I love to go to Bella Vida. It's like the rustic, cozy, perfect destination for that kind of stuff. Um, And so that's where I go locally. But if you're not in Memphis, I feel like there are so many great online shops. I love, um, if you're splurging a little, Serena and Lily is a brand I love. Um, It has this like beachy vibe, but not too cheesy. and they have really beautiful pillows and throws. Um, but I've, I've also just, what I love about Instagram is I'm introduced to so many new stores and brands that I don't necessarily know about that I learned from other influencers. So my inventory of ideas just, it always is growing. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Next question. Modest centerpiece ideas for a smaller home. Do it yourself preferred. I like that. Tablescapes, especially through the holidays, are I feel like a big thing these days. Big um, Instagram pleaser. <laughs> what about table tablescapes and centerpiece ideas? So I I don't want to be redundant, but I love to use what I have and just look at it in a different way, like taking old whiskey bottles from our wedding that are now on our floating shelves, but putting actual greenery and flowers in them and lining them down the table. Candles, I would argue, there's just something about them, but when you light a a couple of tea light candles on your table, it feels like a different place and you treat it differently. It's really awesome. So I recommend candles for sure. And then I have probably too many wood boards, cheese boards, because I'm always making a cheese board, but it actually creates this really nice anchor to your table too. So don't just look at it for serving food, but look at it as a palette for those little candles and greenery or branches from the neighbor across the street who didn't notice you trimming. Um, (laughs) it, It can be simple, but beautiful. Awesome. Okay. Well, to kind of conclude and wrap things up, I have two questions. One is more specific to the conversation. So if you're talking to a listener who's like, okay, that sounds great. And you've really got it together, but my everyday is not luxurious. And I don't know that I could ever even trick myself into thinking that Do you have practices or habits that kind of get you into that mindset. That's a good question. But I will say my life is not as luxurious as it looks. My life is pretty regular. <laughs> Instagram, <laughs> a highlight reel. I have, but... I, have to, I have to inspire people. So mm-hmm. got to do it all. And something that I did in March that has been really wonderful. I worked with Bella Vida, the store I just mentioned, is I took a corner in our office that I never paid attention to before and actually made it like, my own little solo retreat is what I called it. Pillow, big candle, 
like where I have my glass of wine essentially and creating that little ritual every day of where I can go once I've gotten through the day of work and being on a laptop all day. That's been really wonderful. Um, and I think on my blog too, just when it comes to the home section, everything I'm recommending is should be approachable enough for anyone to devil into. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then the second question is one that I ask everyone to conclude the episode. And so in your own words, Kara, what does it mean to live well? I think, and I guess I'll take into note what time of year this is. Living well means living with gratitude. Um, I think it's about looking at what you have around you and valuing it and appreciating more than just what it is functionally. And I think that with that come all of the ancillary benefits of the elevating everyday experiences. Um, And with that, I think we become more grateful and appreciative for what's around us and who's around us. That's very well said. I love that. So we've said it before, but tell us everyone again, where we can find you, um, your website, and then any social media handles, any projects you're working on, tell us where we can connect with you further. Awesome. Well, caramelized is C-A-R-A-M-E-L-I-Z-E-D. So caramelizedblog.com is my website and caramelized on Instagram, Facebook. I I, I love now that you really only have to type it. And if you need to type Kara Greenstein, it'll pop up too. But find me, message me. I love chatting with my followers. I feel like we're all friends and it's a really fun way to use the platform. So definitely reach out. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your advice and your tips and tricks and for being here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Well-Being, Well-Bought, Well-Said, the podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, review. It all means so much to me.